Hey, this is Mark. We're broadcasting all week from the Vive event in Miami Beach. Pretty sweet assignment, actually. Vive is a new tech event focused on the business of health systems, and they've gathered a range of stakeholders to address key issues in digital health, from interoperability to investing, and from the convergence of health data to how COVID has advanced consumerism in healthcare. And we're going to be bringing you interviews with a number of them. This week on the show, it's the top thought leaders shaping tech-enabled healthcare interspersed with insights from Vive. I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large, and welcome to the MMM Podcast, medical marketing media's show about healthcare marketing writ large. My guest now is Ashok Chenaru. Ashok is Chief Data and Insights Officer at Health Insurer Anthem. And we're going to be speaking about the convergence of clinical and claims data, which on a very broad level promises to unlock a ton of insights for various stakeholders to make healthcare a lot more user-friendly for doctors, insurers, and patients, and which has been a goal of digital health companies for years, but led to some very high-profile stumbles, the likes of IBM's Watson Health. We'll also get his take on the biggest tech leaps made by the healthcare system during the pandemic. But first, some housekeeping items. Recruiting is now open for the next installment of Trend Talks, MMM's invitation-only client-side roundtable. Network with peers, engage in lively discussion, and enjoy other perks of participation. The next Trend Talks is coming up March 23rd. If you're interested in joining, feel free to email me at mark.iskowitz at haymarketmedia.com. And also returning to the event slate for the third year is MMM's 40 Under 40 program, which celebrates the wealth of accomplished young talent working in and around medical marketing. The live event is coming up March 24th. For ticket information, visit mmm40under40.com. And now back to our show. Ashok, thanks so much for joining me. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a privilege. So as we explained at the top of the show, we're talking about the convergence of clinical and claims data. Let's delve into each of these data sets a bit, shall we? Yeah. Claims data is de-identified databases like MarketScan, for instance, which is one of the largest administrative claims database. And on the clinical side, we have electronic health records, which contain details on the medical care of hundreds of millions of patients. What's the promise of converging these two? Yeah. Uh, The focus is uh, really whole person health. Right, you know, because uh, the payers have uh, the claims data, like you said, like, uh, but you don't get the holistic view of the member or the person, right? So at Anthem, uh, we are dedicated to improving health and making healthcare simpler, you know, like, uh, and we serve over 117 million consumers, including 45 million health plan members. So what does it translate to? A lot of data, you know, like we have the largest integrated healthcare data platform in the country with over 200 million data for about 200 million lives. Mm-hmm. So when you look at uh, just claims data, you know, you're not going to get the holistic view, like I said, but the convergence of claims, you know, clinical, you know, EMR data, but also admin discharge data and also social drivers of health, health-related social needs, and some of the emerging data sets like the you know, device data, the uh, uh, genomic data sets, and both at the person level and also at the zip code level, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because environmental factors, you know, like, uh, you know, food, housing, you know, sick. see, everybody talks about health equities, but the real value is if you don't get the right foundation, you know, if you don't get the foundation right, you know, in terms of right. this integrated data set, then we can't enable analytics. You can't enable population health management, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you can't really get to the consumer 
when he needs the most at the, like uh, uh, from a care standpoint. Sure, sure. And that's one of the big topics here is yeah. uh, harnessing health IT to yeah. make health more equitable. Yeah. Um, and so it's really about the uh, the holistic view uh, when you converge the two. Yeah. Uh, but as you describe it in the title of your talk, it's a complicated convergence. Yeah. Uh, indeed, there are pitfalls here. Our, our listeners are, are familiar with the struggles of IBM's Watson Health to develop a tool for cancer doctors yeah. that would mine patient health records and thousands of pages of research from the peer-reviewed medical literature for treatment advice, but it hit walls, including accuracy and the complexity of combining data yeah. from EHRs and billing claims with published research to provide a cohesive product. Mm-hmm. Assuming it was more difficult than you know IBM made it out to be, what, why is bringing those two silos of data together such a complex challenge. Yeah, you know, because there's no one unique standard and um, and then interoperability between payers, provider and pharma is just evolving, right? You know, like, uh, because when you look at large, you know, EMR systems, you know, everybody were operating, you know, within their own silo, mm-hmm. right? And there were no standards. You know, I know we have uh, HL7 and now FIRE is emerging as a interoperability standard. Uh, but now, you know, with a lot of the, you know, the payer to payer, you know, all the CMS mandates, you know, it's starting to open up. You know, I, I would say one of our, you know, the biggest challenges was, you know, getting data from each of the provider systems, right, like across the country uh, and, uh, and, and trying to clean the data, you know, because there was a lot of, you know, like uh, mismatches when you combine claims and clinical data, the terminologies like SNOMED, LOINC, you know, those clinical terminologies were vastly different. You know, just to give you the complexity, hemoglobin A1C can be represented 250 different ways, wow. right? And there could be, you know, like conflict between how they submitted claims and what you see in the medical record. So when you're combining it, you know, we call it, you know, like a, a longitudinal patient record. You know, you need to, you know, in, put a lot of rules in place to make sure that you're removing the garbage and having one version of the truth that makes it easily, you know, accessible, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the opportunity here is, you know, like the large, you know, like uh, medical record vendors like Epic, you know, like we have a good partnership with them, you know, on what they call Epic Payer Platform, with they're trying to standardize all this from an Epic system so that way we get, you know, one integrated, you know, feed, irrespective of which Epic system you're going to, right? You know, so that's driving a lot of the payer-provider collaboration. You know, the same thing we are working with other EMR vendors as well, you know, because mm-hmm. right now I would say the convergence, you know, through the mandates, including the price transparency rule, the payer-to-payer, payer-to-provider APIs, and putting the consumer in the center of everything is really helping to make progress, but it is a long journey. Mm-hmm. Sure. And just, you know, uh, piggybacking off your uh, Epic example, I recently switched from a provider in yep. the Cornell system yep. to one in the Columbia system in yep. the area I live in, and it was no problem because they're yep. both on Epic. Epic but yes. I would imagine if I was going from, say, Cornell to somebody in another part of the yep. uh, tri-state area who yep. wasn't on Epic, it would be a problem. So interoperability, you know, yep. it's, it's a big issue. There seems to be some movement in that area of operability. Yep. What trends are you seeing there? Yeah, number one is all the ecosystem players are a lot more open to having discussions and uh, being making their data more accessible, right? So that's a big trend. You know, obviously security and data use is the key because everybody is concerned on what we do with the data, you know, because if we leverage the data for care purposes, we see a lot more collaboration. 
But if we look at it more for revenue or using it for you know, monetary purposes, there is obviously some pushback, you know, rightfully so. And then when data moves from point A to point B, you know, security of the data is really important. So how do we put you know, the right encryption, both data in motion and data at rest? You know, so that's, you know, like, and blockchain is a, a great opportunity we are exploring. So we're, you know, leveraging the blockchain techniques, you know, like from an interoperability standpoint is, you know, is really a, an, an emerging opportunity, mm -hmm. right? So the big, the big thing here is putting the consumer in the center of everything. So how does it help, you know, like the opportunity even with, if you're on a Epic system and you move to a Cerner system, why we believe like the payers or at least we are you know important in respect to of where you get your care you know you could go and get admitted in an epic system and you could go and see an orthopedic surgeon who has a, a you know who's not on epic or cerner or you could go you know like and get your colonoscopy with a, a gastroenterologist who's on another system when we make the pipes to all this we get everything together and we aggregate it at that person level right so now you have one longitudinal view of all the information. And we also are tracking how many times did they call us, you know, how many times, and, and really uh, looking at it as, you know, here is based on similar patients like you, you know, you could, we are developing precision insights that say you could become diabetic, you know, two years from now, or you could have, you know, a chronic kidney disease four years from now because we have seen similar trends based on the data. Analytics. Yes. Uh -huh. So, see, and, and our other approach is how do you leverage this data and deliver proactive, personalized, and predictive, you know, like care, right? Because that's really how to really leverage the power of data and put the consumer in the center of everything. Sure. You mentioned data at, on the move and data at yeah, rest. rest. I want to yes. talk about yeah. the, the, later for, the latter for a moment. Yeah. Uh, one hurdle here has been controversy over privacy and ownership yes. of a patient claims data. Yeah. One of the largest administrative data, claims databases I, I noted earlier was MarketScan, yeah. um, which was just sold by IBM, IBM. to yeah. private equity as part of the breakup of Watson Health. Yeah. That database alone uh, holds medical claims records for about 270 million Americans, so it sounds like it's a little yeah. smaller than the Anthem database, yeah. but roughly 80% of the U.S. population. Should consumers be uh, concerned that such sensitive information is changing hands once again? Yeah, so I know rightfully so to be concerned, you know, but uh, we are a contributor to MarketScan, you know, so we are putting the right data use, you know, like and any when whenever the data changes hands or ownership, you know, a lot of the data use agreements we have in place hold true. Right, and we are reviewing that, you know, because end of the day, the reason we contributed to market scan is, you know, the consumers get a benefit of this, right? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, it cannot be used for monetary purposes. But when it shifts hand from IBM Watson to private equity, you know, the same rules would transfer and we'll get involved to make sure. And if it means that those purposes are not being met, then we have every right to pull out of it, hmm. okay. right? So, and I, I think I want to take this even one step further. Now, the key is, you know, like, you don't want to restrict the value of data, like, uh, because then you're not really, you can brag about we have so much data, but if you can't, you know, drive insights, and, and those insights can drive outcomes that help the consumer, then what is the value of all the data we are collecting? But doing it in such a way that you are tracking the, you know, the usage aspects of it, the privacy aspects, and more importantly, transparency. Right, because you want to show, you know, whether it's to the provider or the consumer that 
you know, the whole, you know, here is how it's being used because that's how you build trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Sure. And and when you know, and that's the biggest opportunity for us, you know, having the conversation with the provider. It's not about paying claims anymore. You know, we are really focused on how do we collectively work together, you know, to drive improve members' health. How do you keep them off, you know, getting readmitted to emergency room? Or how do we make sure you're providing the right insights into the provider workflow? you know, on a lot of the predictive insights because we have the infrastructure to build these insights. The providers don't, but providers are the ones who are touching the patient. You know, they are providing the care, right? That's the, that, that's the discussions we are pivoting to versus focusing on just paying claims. Sure, sure. Right. Each have, yeah. their, have your strengths, which, which yes. again brings yeah. us back to the point of convergence. Yeah. I just want to touch on transparency for a moment, yeah. which you mentioned. There's a, a multi-billion dollar marketplace now around anonymized health information bought and sold yeah. without patient's knowledge or explicit yeah. consent, yeah. but not enough data governance yeah. around it. For instance, other ancillary data combined with the identified claims data can be used to re-identify individuals. Yeah. Yeah. How do we address those concerns as we scale up our data ambitions? Yeah. yeah. So as one of the functions I own in Anthem as the chief data officer, you know, we have incorporated a fairly rigid governance structure around data use agreements, both for identified and de-identified data, and what they could do with the data once it leaves our four walls. Because we could be saying, we could be sending this third party our claims data because we have a partnership, right? They could take the data, strip off the PHI, and say, then this has nothing to do with Anthem, right? No, we are making sure that those kind of, you know, uh, things don't happen as part of our data use. Right. And, and we are also putting monetary, uh, we are putting checks and balances where we are doing periodic audits. You know, so, you know, the power of data as much as, you know, like it's the new oil. In Anthem, we call, you know, data is the heartbeat of the Anthem ecosystem. Right. You know, when there's so much opportunity, especially for AI and for predictive analytics, data is the king. The more, you have, more data you have, the more you can do with it. Right. And the other big area that we are absolutely concerned but focus very heavily on is really unconscious bias of the data. You know, as we start to get more race, ethnicity data or as we start to automate certain prior auth, uh, like um, we want to make sure we, we are not doing unconscious bias, you know, and be able to explain the algorithms. Right, because when there is an audit, you know, maybe we were targeting a particular ethnic group through an unconscious manner. Maybe the AI was doing the right thing, but we are building explainable, trustworthy, you know, so we are transparent, so that way we can tackle it on a proactive basis versus reacting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's really where most of our focus is. But at the same time, we don't want to have all this third party you know, like companies, you know, take the data and monetize it without, you know, keeping everybody in the ecosystem aware of that. Sure, but, sure. But it is an industry, you know, a problem and it's an emerging, so you have to constantly be on top of it. Right. It sounds like you're making efforts yeah. to do that. And on the clinical side, you yeah. know, we have EHRs, yeah. the details on the medical care of hundreds of millions of patients are piling up in, yeah. in EHRs in clinics and hospitals around the world, comprising a growing treasure trove of real-world data on the yeah. daily practice of medicine, patient diagnoses, treatments, outcomes, companies and academic institutions are beginning to tap into this. And it seems that payers and providers are leveraging this data to work together. Yeah. Would you talk a little bit about what that looks like at Anthem? Yeah. You know, um, so one of our key goals, you know, we, we 
I've started to build this platform called Health Operating System, HealthOS in short. So it's the convergence of getting medical records from each of the providers that we partner with, you know, which is almost everybody across the country, right? You know, starting with big systems, but also, you know, uh, IPAs, physician groups, et cetera, right? Sometimes we build a direct connect or we work with the EMR vendors like Athena, Allscripts, eClinical, Epic, Cerner, et cetera, right? So once we get the data together, you know, like we create what I mentioned earlier as a whole person health, right? So the reason why providers are ready to give us the data is because you know, we want to leverage that to simplify or reduce administrative burden. For example, one of the big efforts we have is automate prior auth, you know, because that's a consumer operation thing, not having timely prior auth automation, or it's a provider operation, and it's an admin spend for us too. Mm -hmm. But you can make it you know, that simple without the right checks and balances. So we have you know, like a fairly streamlined process that we are trying to roll out across the country to automate prior auth. Mm -hmm. See, the other key is how do we leverage this connection to notify a primary care physician? So back to your earlier point about, you know, in the, in the COVID world, post-COVID world, one of the big opportunity is preventing readmissions, you know, because people get admit, discharged from a hospital and their primary care physician may not know that they were admitted or discharged. Mm -hmm. And they may be living at home alone, right? Nobody is there to help them with medication refills or schedule follow-up appointments. So we are getting involved and connecting the hospital data to the primary care physician who may be outside the hospital system and sending them discharge instructions and making sure that they schedule a follow-up. Sure. And in some cases, you know, if they don't have transportation, we even provide them transportation because that's much cheaper than getting readmitted. Mm -hmm. Some right. of these so, high-touch things, yeah. uh, a little bit of cost downstream can prevent, prevent uh, yeah. further further costs yeah. further the, downstream. Yeah, and the only way to do that is knowing the everything about the member, where they live, uh, food, transportation, whether they're living alone, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes if we don't have information, you know, about that person, we look at it at a zip code level because there's a lot of data that's, that we get from at mm -hmm. the zip code level that know, okay, here is a high concentration of, you know, folks who have transportation issues, right? And then we do correlation. Sure, sure. Yeah. Let's switch gears for a moment. And uh, just one of the big, other big nagging problems in the U.S. healthcare system is that employers aren't sophisticated when buying health coverage yeah. and pay more as a result. Anthem actually sued Express Scripts in 2016, alleging that it got fleeced by the PBM, prompting other businesses to wonder how bad their prescription drug deals were. What kinds of reforms are needed in that area, do yeah. you think? So number one, uh, I would say, you know, when it comes to employer, you know, similar to how our conversations are with the providers, you know, where it's not about paying claims, it's about, you know, collaborating, focusing on the member. You know, I, I think even with employer, the way we are pivoting to the employer is, Look at it from a whole person. We are not focusing on utilization. You know, we are focusing on whole person. You know, mm -hmm. here are the programs, you know, where, you know, we are focused on outcomes. Okay, if there is high cost in diabetes, you know, what kind of programs do we have where we are focused on, you know, generating the right outcomes, you know, like, uh, and, uh, and, and, and really looking at ways where we are truly collaborating with them versus just, you know, being a middleman, you know, in paying claims, right? Mm -hmm. so I, I see the convergence of employer, payer, and provider as well, you know, because, and, and then really, you know, helping the provider to, to, you know, like, especially if there's high concentration of employees in a particular, 
you know, region. You know, how do you look at you know whole person, and how do you drive more outcome-based contracting with the with the physicians, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a nutshell, I would say the conversations are mostly pivoting to you know, like focusing on whole person, looking at medical pharmacy as well, because before you know we had our own, we had a separate you know PBM, and now we have integrated PBM into our core business. Right. So we are able to really, you know, like it's not just about medical, it's also refilling prescriptions. You know, it's also really, you know, providing the right gaps in care, you know, medication adherence or even drug drug interactions, you know, because we have the data together. We know all the drugs they are in and we may know what, you know, these two combination of drugs may not be yield the right outcomes. And we may we share that information with the provider. Okay, so right. having the PBM integrated with the with the plan has been a big help. Yeah, in big that help, area. massive. Right yeah. again, consumer first. You know, really, it's all you know, trying to see how to help them because they don't really care about you know, you go to a hospital, you go to another physician to for your primary care, you fill prescription. You know, they don't want the silos; they want one integrated view, mm-hmm. and it all starts with having all the data together. Sure, sure. Okay, um, I had interviewed uh, Joe Miles, who's with Google Health. Yeah. Uh, before on this podcast, okay. and he was saying that Google Health did a study uh, showing some of the biggest technological leaps uh, in the health system from February 2020, when they first fielded the study, until June 2021, so more than a year later during the pandemic. And not surprisingly, telehealth was one yeah. of the big things that jumped out. Yeah. What, from your view, has been some of the yeah. big uh, you know, technological leaps as this healthcare system reboots? Yeah, no, absolutely. One is um, uh, in-person care is not the only modality of care. And um, hospital is, you know, the future of care is where it is convenient for the member, right? You know, I would say I would start with that. And Anthem's approach, our digital first approach is, you know, really helping, you know, consumers through a wide spectrum of care. You know, so it starts with a digital tool like, uh, you know, it can be a AI-based symptom checker or a chatbot, you know, to know more about your situation. And then leading to a virtual visit like, you know, like uh, a video uh, visit or chatting or texting with your doctor, you know, like, and then, you know, going to a physical in-person care if needed. So, so you have, you know, and you need to make it seamless uh, to the consumer. And you also need to make sure that all the data is available to, in the digital tool, to your virtual care visit, uh, virtual doctor, like, uh, or, you know, obviously it's there with the physical in-person so when you can make that experience seamless, that's when you get wider adoption, you know, of, you know, so rather than thinking of, about going to urgent care or ER, emergency room, if you can think about, you know, yes, I can have the conversation with my physician through a virtual chat, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's really how you are focusing on improving care, right? And the other aspect to it, it cannot just be primary care centric you know, you need to have virtual care for oncology, you know, for, you know, like orthopedics because musculoskeletal related, you know, like are huge burden, right? You know, so, and and uh, and not having, you know, the only model of communication cannot be just calling the doctor after hours, right? You know, you, you need to be able to have these different modalities of care, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And from our standpoint, our big leap of focus is going to be how do you make sure we are truly providing those leading indicators or insights to the physicians at the point of care, you know, like two years before something can happen, right? So you can really, you know, show the data, you know, so you are tackling, 
you know, somebody who is a chronic kidney disease versus, you know, trying to focus on them after they become end-stage renal disease patient. Or you're tackling somebody when they're pre-diabetic, you know, and trying to put them in the right program, you know, versus trying to focus on after they become diabetic. Sure. Right. So that's the opportunity we have, you know, like because we have the data and we have, you know, we can generate insights, mm -hmm. but we may not be, you know, like, and we can give it to the consumer, but if we can share the same thing with the provider at the point of care, like, uh, and, and then it has to be a, 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 you know, a process where you learn from it because sometimes we may not get it right the first time. Like it's, 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 it's the closed loop. You know, we, we have a framework in, in Anthem called DIAL, D-I-A-L, Data, Insights, Action, and Learn. Right? It has to be a continuous learning process because sometimes you get it wrong, you could lose the trust. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and AI is, you know, insights are not always accurate. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to the Watson, you know. Like, sure. Uh, so. Has the future of reimbursement of telemedicine picture smoothed itself out or we're kind of still the jury's still out on, on, on that? Yeah, no, I think it's still evolving. You know, I think uh, it's going to focus more on, you know, what outcomes did you generate, you know, versus just getting paid for visit. You know, I think providers would start to say, you know, I would own outcomes, you know, so they will look at different modalities of care and kind of get paid from a bundle standpoint versus, you know, like because if you're just reimbursing them for that, you know, like um, uh, for that service or for that visit, you know, that's not going to move the needle, you know, because, you know, like the providers don't have the right incentives. So the incentives have to align with outcomes. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. One one last question. Ashok, I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, have Have there been anything, any sort of obser observations or learning so far in, yeah. in the Vive conference that that yeah. you that struck you as something you want to take back to the office and yeah. share them? And absolutely. See, I I think the future of how to truly improve the overall consumer experience in healthcare is partnering with the right ecosystem. You know, like collaborators. You know, like I, I think I am amazed by the number of the amount of investment that's going in digital health with analytics with interoperability a lot of ideas a lot of capital mm -hmm. you know like probably the best time to be in healthcare driving innovation and disrupting it right and i think if there's one thing what covid has really uh, helped is really accelerating accelerating the innovation and be open for disruption mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah you know, absolutely phenomenal like um, focus and investments, and more importantly, failing fast too, you know, like, uh, because the models are so laid out that it's not going to take us a couple of years to know if we are going on the right path. You know, mm -hmm. we could know in a quarter if we're going in the right path, you know, again, we learn from it, pivot, and then, you know, and, and uh, continue the journey. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, we used to say somewhat tongue in cheek, like, you know, <laughs> are we are you ready to transform healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but now it's really yeah, you know, it you're is really real. looking at, and it, seeing some real, real transformations. And uh, I think yeah. there was a stat I heard this morning that digital health is growing at seventeen percent oh. uh, compound annual growth per year, which is an astounding uh, rate. So, yeah. Um, but uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Really fascinating yeah. discussion. Thanks so much for for joining me. No, thank you for having me. Yep, appreciate it. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMNM Podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Failer. Our theme music is by Sizzy M. Sohn. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.